Guys, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 in your Bibles. It's so good to see you in the Lord's house tonight. It's good to see my mother-in-law here this evening. And uh, I know many of you prayed for Miss Kay, and uh, she's here tonight. It's a blessing to see her. And then Miss Linda, I saw Miss Linda back there. And good to see Miss Linda and all of those that are visiting tonight. Thank you so much for being a part of our service tonight. We're glad to have you. Well, we're going to do something tonight uh, that the Lord really spoke to my heart about a little later in the week, and that is we're going to embark on a brand new sermon series. And um, in fact, let me take just a moment, if I've got my card up here, and just give you a little commercial if I could, just in case you weren't in the service this morning, and we had folks watching nursery and all kind of things. Uh, and I appreciate that, by the way. Um, let me tell you some things we're going to talk about. Tonight, we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we'll actually talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit probably for the next few Sunday nights. Uh, we're going to talk, talk about the types of the Holy Spirit, um, water, wind, oil, fire. There are others. Uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I ask you a question. Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life right now? Uh, or is he bearing the fruit of the, of, his, uh, of the Holy Spirit through you right now? We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's a hot-button issue right now, the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to address that, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the grieving of the Spirit of God, the quenching of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're going to talk about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. You say, what, what does that mean? got to be here. Amen. you got to be here. Uh, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and as I mentioned this morning, we're going to mention when the Holy Spirit makes his exit. So the next few weeks, Lord willing, we're going to be uh, talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And we're going to begin on that tonight. And, uh, and we're not going to get very far, but we're just going to sort of lay the foundation this evening. And so John chapter 3 in your Bibles, and when you find your places, if you're able to stand with us, why don't we stand tonight and give you an opportunity to stretch your legs and also we'll stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. And we're going to read just three verses tonight. John chapter number 3 and verse 31. And the Bible says here, He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. Notice verse 34. The Bible says, For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit, capital S, by measure unto him. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure Unto him. That's where we're going to begin tonight, and we're going to use lots of verses over the next few weeks. But I want to talk to you about that subject, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated tonight, and uh, let's pray, and we'll jump right into this uh, Bible study this evening, and we'll let you be dismissed and go out to the shower tonight. Father, we thank you for the wonderful, wonderful time that you gave us this morning in the service. And Lord, we were having that conversation before we came out of the prayer room tonight that, Lord, the uh, Lord, the message of salvation never gets old. It never grows old. It doesn't matter how much you preach it. It doesn't matter how many preachers preach it. Lord, it never grows old. 
And I'm so thankful, Lord, for that message that we preached out of the first part of John chapter 3. And now, Lord, as we look to the end of John chapter 3, and Lord, as we embark upon, Lord, this new discussion, Father, I pray that you would fill us with the Spirit of God. I pray for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit tonight. And Lord, I pray all that's done would honor Christ and glorify him. God, I pray that he will be really big tonight. I pray, Lord, that he would increase and that we would decrease tonight. And so, Lord, if there may be any here this evening and they have never received the Spirit of God, they're not born again, I pray tonight, this day, uh, July the 10th, 2022, would be the day of their salvation. Father, encourage us tonight in thy word. Fill us with the power uh, of thy spirit. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be pleased through all that's done. We love you and praise you and ask all these things in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray, amen. Look again, if you will, at John chapter three, verse number 34. The Bible says, for he whom God has sent, talking about Jesus, speaketh the words of God. Notice this last phrase though. For God giveth not the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by measure unto him, the Lord Jesus Christ, is what that verse is talking about. Now, the implication of Scripture tonight would seem to be this, that Jesus was absolutely filled with the Holy Spirit. The Son of God enjoyed what I'm gonna call complete fullness of the Spirit. John chapter three, verse 34, the Bible uses the word measure there. It's the, uh, the Greek word metron, M-E-T-R-O-N, metron, and it means limited portion. In other words, what the Bible is telling us is this, that Christ did not receive a limited portion of the Spirit. Christ was fully powered by the Holy Ghost of God, if I could uh, put it like that. But I believe there's also a secondary implication here. And the secondary implication would seem to be this, that you and I do, do receive the Holy Spirit by measure. Now, don't forget, if you read this in its context, what we read tonight is actually John the Baptist speaking. Uh, and John is, is, is telling some folks, listen, I'm not the Christ. I'm just a forerunner for the Christ. I'm not the one that God has sent. There's another called Jesus that God has sent. And so John says about Jesus, God has not given him the spirit by measure. And so the implication John is saying is this, uh, me, on the other hand, I have sometimes the spirit of God by measure. Uh, often as Christians, we have a very limited supply of the power or the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And some would say, Pastor, why is that? If Jesus had an unlimited source, an unlimited measure of the Spirit of God, why is it that Christians have a limited measure of the Spirit of God? And I just want to say very quickly, it may be possibly in part because we're just not thirsty enough. We're not thirsty for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We're not thirsty that God would touch us, that God would breathe on us, that God would, would, would fill us with the Holy Spirit the Bible tells us in Isaiah 44, verse three, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. God said, I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Now church, this is the message tonight. We ought to want the largest measure possible when it comes to the power and the fullness of the Holy Ghost. 
And so we know that, that God has given Jesus that unlimited supply, but you and I as God's children ought to want that we, we ought to want everything, everything we can receive of the Holy Spirit. How many of you ever been, how many of you have ever been to an ice cream shop? And you walked up there to the drawer where all the ice cream was. There was Rocky Road and Moose Tracks and Vanilla and, uh, and uh, anyway, you get the picture there. And the little attendant behind the counter said, said this, said, one scoop or two. Now, I know what you Baptist ordered. I know. I, I know. It was, it was two scoops. Three scoops. Yeah. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about ice cream, but I know when it comes to the fullness of the Holy Ghost, we ought to want two scoops. Yes. Amen. We ought not want a half scoop. We ought not want a kitty cone. When it comes to the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God, we ought to want everything that we can get. Sometimes we go to the steakhouse, my wife and I, and the server will ask this, do you want the seven ounce or the 10 ounce? Now, I don't know what you order, and it doesn't matter. But when it comes to spirit fullness, how many know we ought to want the 10 ounce? We ought to want the porterhouse. We ought to want the filet mignon. We ought to want the most and the biggest that we can get. Now you say, Pastor, why? And this is the reason. With that larger measure of the Spirit of God, you're going to be more effective and you're going to go further and you're going to accomplish more in ministry for the cause of Christ. If you have all of the Holy Ghost that you can get. Now listen to me. Uh, if, if, if you want to make a difference when you sing a special, you know what you ought to, you ought to want? You ought to want as much of the Spirit of God as you can get. Yeah. I'm talking about the anointing. I'm talking about the fullness, the power of the Holy Ghost. When you walk up here and we've got some amazingly talented people at Calvary Baptist Church who can play all these instruments and sing like nobody's business and all of that. But I want to tell you something tonight. I want to tell you very lovingly this evening. Whatever you do, don't depend on your talent when you're doing something for the Lord. Thank God God has given you a gift. Thank God God has enabled you to play an instrument. Thank God if God has given you a voice to sing. Choir, you did a great job tonight and you blessed us and you helped us and you encouraged us. But can I encourage our choir, don't ever walk up in this choir loft uh, uh, resting on your talent, resting on your gift. What we ought to do is walk out these doors and say, oh God, fill me with the Spirit of God. Give me power, give me blessing, give me anointing. I need two scoops. I don't need one. I don't need a half. I need 10 ounces. I don't need seven. I need the touch of God on my life. Listen, you're going to accomplish more if you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Hey, teachers, when you walk in your class on Sunday, you ought to be praying this. Oh, God, fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, pastor, I'm a good teacher. Praise the Lord. You say, pastor, I studied this week. Wonderful. You say, Pastor, I had a great lesson outline when I came to class. Great. But if you want to know how you're going to reach those kids, and if you want to know how you're going to change lives, and if you want to know what's going to make the difference, it's, it's for God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and give you power and give you anointing and give you the fullness of the Spirit. You're here tonight and you'll say, Pastor, 
I'm having a time with my kids. I've got teenagers and I'm trying to raise them in the Lord and we're just having a time. Any advice? Yes. You need to get with God and say, God, give me two scoops. God, give me the 10 ounce. God, I need you to fill me with the Spirit of God and give me the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, in rearing kids? Yes, in rearing kids, in living with your spouse and in working on your job and in driving down the road and teaching your Sunday school class and serving as the hospitality team. Whatever it is, you and I need all of the Holy Spirit that we can get. Let me see if I can illustrate. It'd be similar to you charging your phone with a very short charge. You ever done that? You ever been in a hurry and your phone was practically dead? And so you thought, man, I'm gonna have to get some charge on this thing. I'm gonna be without a phone. And so you were able to plug it into the charger for 10 minutes or 12 minutes. And thank God you got a little bit of a charge. But how many know this, that there's a big difference in charging your phone for five minutes and charging your phone all night? You know this, you know that if your phone receives a full charge, it's gonna perform much, much better. Did you know that it's very, very sad that a lot of Christians and a lot of churches are satisfied with a very small charge? Did you know that preachers walk into the pulpit Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and they are resting in their college degree? They're resting in some kind of a sermon outline that they have. I'm telling you, church, it's not enough. A sermon outline is not gonna do it and a college education is not gonna do it. That's not gonna bring revival to America. If we're gonna see revival, it's gonna be a move of the Spirit of God. And yet churches, church after church after church and and Christian after Christian after Christian is satisfied with a small dose of the Spirit of God, with little of the Holy Spirit, with little spirit fullness, with little, a little bit of power, with a, an occasional moving of the Spirit of God. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, when we walk in here, we ought to say, oh God, oh God, fill this place with the Holy Ghost of God. And several weeks ago, we had our commission coalition and we, we expected a large crowd and thank God we had a large crowd. And some of our folks had brought their, their golf carts and, and the church gave my wife and I a beautiful golf cart several years ago and, and I brought that golf cart and the guys were, this parking lot filled up and so then the parking lot started filling up down here in the old church and so the guys were, they were running back and forth and they were shuttling people up the hill and bringing them here to the uh, coalition and so uh, just golf carts were going up and down the road and, and bringing people up here and then on top of that, a little bit later on, they started shuttling people down here to the prayer trail, and they started showing folks our beautiful, beautiful prayer trail, which, by the way, if you've never been down there, you ought to go. And so they were riding on the prayer trail down there by the creek, and a little bit later, somebody came over the radio and said, Preacher, we've got a golf cart that's dead in the woods, and we're going to have to pull it out. Well, it was mine. It was mine. And uh, we went down there. Brother Tony's sitting down there in the woods, down there in the woods on the golf cart. And we got down there and he said, Preacher, you don't know what a blessing it's been just to sit down here and listen to the music down here in the woods. And we hooked her up and pulled her up here so we could get a charge on her. And wait a minute, it really wasn't the golf cart's fault. You know why? Because the night before, I had only charged it about two hours. I didn't get a good charge on it. I'm gonna be honest with you, it really ran pretty good on two-hour charge. But after a little while, the golf cart died. It died. Uh, listen, the truth is, 
a lot of Christians are dying. A lot of Christians are burning out. A lot of Christians are falling by the wayside. Churches are shutting their doors. Pastors are no longer preaching. Singers are no longer singing. Musicians are no longer playing. Teachers are no longer teaching. I'm telling you, churches are, 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 are on, the, on the downside. Why? I'll tell you why. Because somewhere along the line, we got used to not having a full charge and we got used to not having full power. Oh, listen, Calvary, if you don't get anything else tonight, this is what I'm saying. We need a full measure of the Holy Spirit of God. Did you know tonight that Jesus Christ was so filled with the Holy Spirit that it was actually visible. Can I show you that real quickly? Would you take your Bibles and and turn over to John chapter one, the gospel of John, John chapter number one. And look, if you will, at verse number 32 tonight, John chapter one and verse number 32. The Bible says there, John one, verse 32, and John bear record saying, I saw the Spirit, I saw the Spirit, I've got that underlined, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. I've got this next line underlined as well. And it, the Holy Spirit, and it abode upon him, Jesus. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, look look at this next line, upon whom thou shalt see, The spirit descending, look at the next line, and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Wow. Did you know that Jesus was so filled with the spirit of God that it was visible? Hey, can I I ask you a question tonight? Can people see that you're filled with the Holy Ghost? Can they see it? Is the Spirit of God visible in your life? Do they know that you're a Spirit-filled Christian? When you walk into into work on Monday morning, do they know that there's something that's different about you? Man, when you walk into that Sunday school class on Sunday morning, do they know? Can they sense it? Can they tell? Man, he's got God's touch on him today. He spent time with God. He wasn't satisfied with one scoop. He wanted two. He wasn't satisfied with seven ounces. He wanted the ten. I can tell boy's been walking with God. She's been walking with God this week and spending time in prayer and she has the Holy Spirit on here. He has the Holy Spirit on here, on her. Uh, The Spirit of God ought to be visible. It ought to be visible in our life. Turn over quickly. We're gonna be done here in just a few minutes. Turn over to Acts chapter two tonight. Acts chapter two and verse number five. You know what I believe? I believe that the Holy Spirit was visible in the lives of the apostles. Acts chapter two and verse number five. Would you look there with me? Acts two, verse five. The Bible says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed, marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Look, if you will, Acts chapter two, verse 14. Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. 
But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Again, my point being this, that the spirit of God was visible in the life of Jesus and the spirit of God was visible in the life of the apostles. Oh, listen, Calvary Baptist Church, may it be said about us that we are a spirit-led, spirit-filled congregation at Calvary. Denomination is not going to change America. It's going to be a filling of the Holy Ghost. Now somebody says, okay, pastor, I get it. But why is it important that we have a full measure? Why is it important that I have as much of the Spirit of God as I can get? Why is it important that I yield myself to Him? Why is it important that I have two scoops and not one? Why is it important that I have the ten ounces, not the seven? Why do I need to walk into my Sunday school class with, with the power of the Spirit of God? And why do I need to walk in the pulpit or preach in the nursing home or, 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 or minister over here in the Good News Club? Why do I need to walk in there with the power and the fullness of the Spirit of God? Well, let me tell you why tonight. You say, preacher, what exactly is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Pastor, I've heard about the Holy Spirit my whole life, but nobody's ever really taught me about the Spirit of God. Some people are very, very confused about the Holy Spirit. And so someone says, Pastor, what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Listen, church, we're done. But I want to give you one point tonight, and we're going to dismiss. How about this? First of all, notice the ministry of the Holy Spirit, first of all, is to guide Now take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, and look at verse number 13, if you will. What is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? And we're gonna unpack this, and we're gonna talk about this the next few Sunday nights. But what is the ministry of the Holy Ghost? Why do I need him so bad? Why do I need his touch? Why do I need his blessing? Why do I need his feeling? Well, number one, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide. John 16 in verse 13, the Bible says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, here it is, he will, what's the word? He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Bible says that the spirit of God will guide. He will guide you into all truth. It's the Greek word, hodigio. Hodigio. And it means to show the way, to show the way. What's the ministry of the Holy Spirit? To show the way. That's the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you're getting ready to teach your class and you just decide to pull something out of a book and you haven't haven't talked to the Lord about it, don't be surprised when it doesn't affect anybody. If you're getting ready to sing a a song, some kind of a special, and you thought, oh man, this is a good one, and you just pick it out, and you don't acknowledge the Lord about it, don't, don't be surprised when it doesn't move anybody. You know what we need? We need the ministry of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit shows us the way. He shows us what to preach. He shows us what to sing. He shows us which songs the choir ought to sing. He shows you what you ought to say in your Sunday school class. 
He shows you how to, how to rear your children. He shows you how to deal with teenagers. And boy, I'm going to tell you what, if you've got teenagers, you need all the Holy Ghost you can get tonight. That's the truth. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that guides us. The Holy Spirit is that Hodijo. He, he shows us the way. He, he, uh, he guides us into all truth. Just a few days ago, when I was uh, preaching in Maryland, Salisbury, Maryland, uh, I, I, I just, uh, I, when I left here, and I, we'd been there several times, but, but I didn't want to worry about it. And so I just typed it in my GPS. And man, I put it right there on the dash, and I didn't have to worry about it. Man, I just listened to the radio and listened to that new Jan Barker CD all the way to Maryland, and man, just cried and praised God. And had, I'm telling you what, man, I'm a, I'm a much better worshiper in private than I am in public. And I, me and the Lord just had us a time. And I, but I didn't have to worry because that GPS, it took me step by step. And before I knew it, eight hours later, I was in Salisbury, Maryland. I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to think about it. That GPS took me safely to my destination. Now listen, church, you say, Pastor, big deal. Yes, it is a big deal, and I'll tell you why. Because there are so many people today who seem to be confused about everything. They're confused about life. They're confused about marriage. They're confused about who they should marry. They're confused about child rearing. They're confused about building a home. They're confused about religion. And this is all I'm saying. If you have the fullness of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God's gonna show you the way. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be filled with anxiety. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the Spirit of God's gonna show you where to go. And he's gonna show you what to do. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to guide Several years ago, my wife and I went on vacation, and we went on, never, never had done this before. We went on a fishing excursion. That was probably a little bit more my idea than hers. But anyway, she went along, and I shouldn't have taken her because she caught the biggest fish. But anyway, <laughs> we, went, we, went on this, we went down to Florida, and we went on this fishing excursion. And on this fishing excursion, they provided us a guide. Neat thing. I had never fished this lake. I wouldn't have had a clue where to go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had a clue where to get on, get on and get on the boat. Man, I didn't know where the hot spots were. I didn't know where the shallow places were. I, I had no idea. I had never fished on that lake before. But my wife and I, we just got on the boat and that guy welcomed us aboard. And man, he said, y'all just sit back and relax and, uh, and man, he took us to all the hot spots and, and he anchored her down and baited our hooks. And uh, if we caught a fish, he took them off the hook for us. And I mean, he just, he just did everything. And I mean, he took us all just right to the, right to the hot spot where you could catch big fish. And, uh, and I, and I want to tell you this too, church. Did you know that we had the time of our life? You know why? We just followed the guide. We just followed the guide. You say, Pastor, I wish my whole life wasn't a shambles. It doesn't have to be if you'll follow the guide. Man, oh man, how many people, their life's just falling apart. Homes are falling apart. And somebody says, well, Pastor, I'm just not lucky like you. Luck don't have anything to do with it. The child of God has no luck. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And you say, well, okay, preacher, so you're not lucky. Then what's your secret? It's not a secret. It's called the Spirit of God. It's called the Holy Spirit. And you just follow the Spirit of God, and you know what he does? He does what he said he would do. He just guides you. He guides you. 
And he guides you away from those pitfalls and he guides you away from the trouble spots and he guides you away from the things you shouldn't do in marriage and he guides you to the things you should do in marriage and he guides you away from the things you shouldn't do in child rearing and he guides you to the things that you should do in child rearing. You see, it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to guide. In July of 2019, in fact, this just came up the other day. My wife showed it to me on the phone. She said, look at this. She said, uh, two years ago, was it two years ago? Honey, three years ago. Is she in here tonight? Back here, three years ago, we were in Israel three years ago. We, and some of these pictures popped up on her phone today. Man, what a, what a time we had. We got on this big, giant 747. It had six seats in the middle, I think two seats on each side. And, and our uh, brother Overby had already told us, he said, preacher, he said, now this plane's going to be full of Jews. It's probably going to be full of Jews. And it was. Man, there were Jewish rabbis on there, and they had their prayer shawls on, and they, were, they had their phylacteries on their head, and they were wrapping their arms in Scripture, you know, and, and, and all this was going on all night long. They'd get up. Every so often, they'd get up, and, and the head rabbi would go around the plane. I mean, all the way around the plane. He'd gather all the, the other little rabbis together, I guess, and they'd all go back in the back of the plane, they'd, and they'd aim toward Jerusalem, and they'd have a prayer meeting back there. And it was something. Man, we flew, I guess, over 6,000 miles from uh, New York City to Tel Aviv, Israel. And we got off the plane, and you know what? Everything was in Hebrew. And I, I mean, the stores didn't look like they look here. And everything was in Hebrew, and they talked a different language, and, uh, and uh, they wouldn't take our money. The currency was different. I mean, everything was different. We went to the grocery store, and I couldn't find a Diet Coke. I mean, it was, you know, and, and, uh, and I finally found one. And it just had the same colors. It didn't have Diet Coke on there. It just had the same colors. And, and I thought, that looks like a Diet Coke. And sure enough, it was. And, but it, everything was different. Everything was different. I mean, the, the, the driving was different. The road signs were written in Hebrew. You say, Pastor, how in the world did y'all survive? Can I tell you how? We had a guide. We had a guide. And Brother Mike, we didn't have to worry. We landed in, in Tel Aviv, Israel. And as soon as we landed there, we had somebody. We had a missionary that picked us up. And man, they took us right where we were supposed to go and, and took care of the language barriers. And I mean, they took care of everything. And we had no problems at all. Why? Because we had a guide. Now, church, I'm just trying to get something in your head tonight. You do too. You do too. You have the Holy Spirit of God. If you're here tonight and you are born again, you have the Holy Ghost of God living inside of you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, know you not that your body is the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You have the Holy Ghost that lives in you and his ministry, part of his ministry is to guide. You say, okay, preacher, then why are we having so many problems? When's the last time you yielded yourself to him? You say, preacher, my marriage is not where it needs to be. Okay. You know what I would suggest? You hit that prayer closet hard tomorrow. Or maybe you shouldn't even wait till tomorrow. Maybe you ought to hit it tonight. Maybe you ought to get down beside the bedside tonight and get on your knees and say, oh, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, guide me. You say, preacher, you talk to the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. I talked to God the Father, I talked to Jesus, and I talked to, I talked to the Holy Spirit. 
You say, well, Pastor, that's not the way you do it. See, the correct way you do it is you talk to the Father through the Son with the Spirit. Yeah, I know. John Rice was praying. They were having a big ministerial meal one time, and John Rice was praying, and he prayed, and a little while he talked to the Father, and then he talked a little while to Jesus, and then he prayed and talked to the Holy Spirit, and there was a young preacher, preacher boy there, and he came up to Dr. John R. Rice after the meal, and he said, Dr. Rice, Dr. Rice, you didn't pray correctly. He said, you pray to the Father, through the Son, with the Spirit. And Dr. Rice said, son, when I'm at the supper table, I talk to the whole family. You need some help in rearing your kids? Why don't you get the Holy Spirit to help you? You say, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm making a difference in my ministry. Why don't you get the Holy Spirit to help you? Why don't you, before you walk in these doors, I, I, can, I can guarantee you this, and God's used this message to, to challenge me even more. Before I walk in these doors on Sunday morning, you can guarantee one thing, that your preacher's been on his face and I'm saying, oh God, oh God, fill me with the Holy Ghost, fill me with the Holy Ghost, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't want to waste these people's time. God, I don't want to come in here and just preach a sermonette. Oh God, fill me with the Holy Ghost, fill me with the Spirit of God. You say, well, I'll tell you why. I gotta have him, I gotta have him, I gotta have him. That's why. I cannot do, I'm telling you church, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot do what I do without him. You say, Pastor, calm down. No, don't calm down, get fired up. I need his guidance. And so do you, mom. And so do you, dad. And so do you, Sunday school teacher. And so do you, Papa. And so do you, Mama. And so do you, choir member. And so do you, hospitality team. Hey, on Sunday morning when visitors walk in the door, hospitality team, do they sense the Spirit of God on you? When they walk in this church, it ought to be something different. We, we, we don't care about the norm at Calvary or the average or the natural. We're looking for the above average and the supernatural. And when people walk in this church, just like happened just a week ago, just as soon as the service started and the choir, began, the choir wasn't even in place yet, a young man walked out and gave his heart to Jesus. That's what we ought to want. Did you know that's not going to happen but with the power of the Holy Spirit? What is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, preacher? The ministry of the Spirit of God is to guide. I love this little illustration. How many of you have ever worked in the big city? Anybody ever worked in the big city? A few. You know, if you're working in the big city or you're getting ready to travel, sometimes you'll often listen to the traffic report. And by listening to the traffic report, you can figure out which interstates and highways are clogged and what routes need to be avoided. It's interesting. Most traffic reports are submitted by someone high up in a helicopter who can see not one or two, but who can see all the lanes of traffic. Now, here's the thing. You can decide to head toward Charlotte or Atlanta. <laughs> I would suggest it. You can decide to do that without listening to the traffic report uh, but I'm going I'm to tell you what's going to happen, though. If you get in that traffic jam, 
You don't know what caused it. You don't know how long the delay it is. You're thinking, oh man, is this a mile long? Is it 10 miles long? You, you just know this. You know that you're stuck. Doesn't it make far better sense to listen to the one who can see the whole picture? And yet, so many Christians just walk out and say, I'll be all right, Lord. I'll be all right. And just like this week, my wife and I, and we don't mind doing it, by the way, but just like this week, we've had to handle some situations. You know what happened? Folks got in a traffic jam. Not physically. I'm not talking about automobiles. I'm talking about a traffic jam of life. And now, boy, I'm going to tell you, church, y'all know this, don't you, Brother Mike? You drove a truck. Sometimes when you get in a traffic jam, it's almost impossible to get out. Is that true? And church members are filling our churches that are in life traffic jams, having a tough time getting out when they could have listened to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit says, don't go that way. Take this, take this route. It's free of traffic. There's no problems. There's no roadblocks. There's no construction. If you go this way, you can go this way. And he will let you go. You can go this way. But I'm just telling you, there's some terrible potholes. And there's construction. And there's a traffic jam on down here. The bridge is out. But you can go that way. Does it not make better sense? to listen to the Holy Spirit and say, Spirit of God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to talk? How do you want me to handle this? Why? Because his ministry is to guide. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. And thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with the Spirit of God. Lord, if we're saved here tonight, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And his ministry, part of his ministry, is to guide. God, tonight I pray that you would give us some Christians at Calvary Baptist Church who tonight would say, I'm yielding to the Spirit of God. I'm yielding to the Holy Ghost. Lord, give us some Sunday school teachers tonight that would say this from now on. When I walk through that door on Sunday morning, I want to do so with the fullness of the Spirit of God. God, give us a hospitality team that tonight would say, when I greet folks on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us some preachers in this church who preach over here at the nursing home and the public schools God, who would say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us some moms and dads who would say, things are about to change. I need the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. Lord, please, have your way. Have your way. Father, maybe there's someone here tonight in a traffic jam. The traffic jam of life. Oh, my. Oh, man. Lord, they don't see any way out. 
God, tonight, I pray they'll run to this altar. And I pray they'll say, Holy Ghost, I yield to you. I'm in a traffic jam. And I need you to guide me. I need you to show me the way. God, show me the way. I need you to show me the way. Father, have your way in this invitation. Oh, Lord, help us to be spirit-filled and spirit-led people. And God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Let me ask a question or two. How many are here this evening? You'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know for sure that I would go to heaven. If that's you tonight as a testimony, you'd just slip your hand up. Pastor, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Let me ask you this, though. How many here tonight would say, Pastor, I cannot raise my hand. If I died tonight, I'm not sure I would go. I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one anywhere tonight? Can I pray for you? Pastor, if I died tonight, God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you please remember me? Right now, you'd slip your hand up. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Thank you so much for the, I appreciate that hand. God bless you. Thank you. You can lower your hand. Let me ask you this. How many here tonight would say, preacher, I am saved, but oh my word, I want two scoops and not one. I want 10 ounces and not, not seven. I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit on my life. I need it as a daddy. I need it as a mom. I need it as a teacher. I need it as a, as a Christian. You're here tonight. God has spoken to your heart. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment. In just a moment, when we stand, I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to come. Get around this altar, and you do business with the Lord tonight. I'm also going to ask our personal workers, if they would, to slip out right now and make their way to the front. Just make their way to the front. Would you do, do me a favor? Would you stand with us all over the house tonight? Father, thank you. Simple message. I know it was a simple, simple message. God, tonight I pray that you'd fill us with the Holy Spirit. God, just as sure as I'm here tonight, somebody's in a traffic jam. And God, tonight I pray that, Lord, that they would give their life to you. And Holy Spirit, that you would guide them and that you would direct them, direct their home, direct their life, direct their path. Lord, tonight, help folks to come. Help folks to do business with the Lord. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and we're standing. If you're here tonight, you'll say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven. I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. Right now, I want you to step out right now, and I want you to come. Would you do that? Would you do it? Just step out right now and come on. And we have somebody here with a, with a Bible who would love to show you how you can know. That's right. Amen. We have somebody who wants to take a Bible and show you how to be born again. Would you come? Would you come? Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Oh, God, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, thank you that part of his ministry is to guide. God, where would we be without his guidance? Oh, God, would you do this tonight? Would you shake some young man out there? Maybe there's a young man that feels called to preach. God, would you show him his need of the Holy Spirit tonight? God, would you work in the heart of that singer? And God, help him to realize that talent's not enough. God, talent's not going to do it. They need a touch from the Holy Spirit. 
God, tonight, please have your way in this invitation. And Lord, we sure thank you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Amen. Amen. Hey, Calvary, let's be praying. Let's be praying. Folks are getting help. Amen. If you need to come, listen, would you come right now? Pastor, I'm in a traffic jam, my word. Church, I want to tell you something. You know, sometimes those GPSs get really smart. And sometimes when you're in a traffic jam, that GPS can tell you, get off at the next exit and go this route. Did you know the Holy Spirit, if you're here tonight and you're in a traffic jam of life, the Spirit of God can deliver you. If you'll let Him, He'll deliver you tonight. I I, I believe this. I believe God's still speaking to some hearts tonight. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? If God's dealing with your heart right now, would you come? Just slip out. Can we help you?